this morning's scripture is from Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. So if you've got a Bible, please take that out. If it's on your phone, pull that out. Let's look this up and let's read together from Romans chapter 8. I'm going to begin at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things come to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Good morning and welcome to our online service. And once again, happy Father's Day. And uh, I'm just so grateful just to see all the kids in the video. And it just felt like a big, warm hug. Uh, But again, I also want to realize that this is not the easiest day for many families. And so I also want to extend my love back to you. And God is with you right now. And this, this whole sermon kind of fits into that question that, you know, we rejoice with those who rejoice, but we also mourn with those who are mourning. And today, how do we find victory right now? And so today I want to talk about what are those tools that Paul is giving us so that no matter what we're going through, we can find victory. When I was about 12 years old, my dad was refurbishing this trailer. And so he had it all set up in his shop, and there was cracks in the plastic, and he was re-fiberglassing the side of it. And so he was taking it apart piece by piece. And one night, he didn't come home for dinner, and so we waited one hour, two hours, three hours And then finally, I wandered out into the shop, and I saw my dad under the trailer, exasperated. He was at the end of himself, and he had this wrench, and he was reefing on this bolt with all the strength that he had, and he could not loosen it. And I heard this voice from my father say, hey, son, I can't do it. I'm feeling defeated right now. And everything depends on me loosening this bolt. And so as a 12-year-old, you know, I assessed the situation. I looked around and I saw tools everywhere. And then I realized that my dad was using the wrong tool. I said, hey, dad, what about the socket set? You would, get, you would gain more leverage, and potentially that would help you loosen the bolt. He said, oh, son, wow, thanks for your help. So I handed him over the socket set. He fixed it in place. He turned it, and it loosened the bolt. Just like in my story, we get caught up in life's difficulties. And we start to use the wrong tool 
And that is why we don't find victory. Sometimes when these outward circumstances hit us, like abuse, like fatherless homes, racism, you name it, we just feel overwhelmed. It's like the weight of all that just takes us down and we feel defeated. And then also in our inward circumstances. At times we feel like a failure. At times we feel unloved. And we don't apply the right tool. And we start to ask questions like, does God really love me? How can he love me? My life's a mess. So today I want to talk about how do we find victory right now? How do we use the tools and formulas that God has given us so that we can overcome these outward circumstances and these inward circumstances? And in this, God gives us the assurance that we need to be loved and to love. I want to show you that God has given us the right resources. That he's given us many tools in our toolbox. So that when we grab those tools and we apply them to our life. We too can love like Christ loved us. But remember from last week. Here at the end of Romans 8. Paul throws down the gauntlet five times. And he asks five questions and he issues the challenge to anyone and everyone in heaven and on earth and in hell. Paul dares anyone to pick up the gauntlet and he challenges them to defeat this truth. Today, I'm talking about the fifth question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And as you're going to see, if we want to find victory, there is no better resource than Christ's love for us. And that nothing can separate us. So the first tool to find victory today, we need to apply Christ's love to our outer struggle. Tool number one, we need to apply Christ's love to our outer struggle. Now, Paul gives us several examples of the outer problems or situations that kind of get in the way of God's love. Look with me at verse 35, Romans 8, 35. This is what it says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. So again, he, he asks the question, what can separate us from the love of God? And a disclaimer is, how you answer this question will determine how you get victory in this life. Now, Paul here lists all the potential things that seem to get in the way. He gives us the first one, which is tribulations. 
These are the things that kind of come down on us. If you look at the Greek word, it's, it's more like a sledgehammer that is smashing us. And all those circumstances that just seem so difficult, they cause suffering and trials and affliction. And, and these things press down. Do those get in the way of God's love? He's saying no. Then what about distress? Distress is this trouble, this strain, this agony in which when we are going through problems, that it feels like you can't even breathe. And then we get all caught up in those circumstances. Does that separate us? Paul is saying no. What about persecution? Persecution is when you are abused or mocked or ridiculed for your faith. It's something that we don't know that well in the West. But some of our missionaries know this well. Does this separate us? No. What about nakedness? Not in a sense that we just don't have clothing, but nakedness in a sense where we are poor. We don't have all those belongings and comforts. We are left bare. Then he goes on to say, what about danger? Or what about the sword itself that is about to take your life? Do any of these circumstances separate us from the love of God? Paul is saying no. So the question on the table is, can anything, absolutely anything, separate us from the love of God? And the facts are in. He's saying no circumstance, nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. This is how the, Paul is saying that Christ gives us the tools, no matter what we're going through, to apply that to our outer circumstances so that we can have strength, so that we can have stability, so that we can have assurance, no matter what happens. So then when something difficult happens, we start to ask questions like, where is God in all of this? Or why is this happening to me? God, why are you allowing this pain? Personally, when that happens to me, I have a, a tendency to focus more on the pain than I do the love of God. You know, this past month, you know that we've been going through a lot of difficulty the difficulty with flooding in our house. Difficulty with staff changes at Central. You know, we have difficulty in our personal lives in which we can't even talk about at times. You know, with mental health, depression. And it just all seems to pile up and weigh us down. And what do I do? I start to focus on God. Why me? But God is saying... Is none of these circumstances will ever separate you from the love that I have for you. No matter what you're going through, how difficult or how minimal. 
And I know for me, rather than applying that truth to the situation, I continue to use the wrong tool. And so I bring all that baggage and all that pain sometimes home with me. And then when I'm in conversation with my kids and my wife, it sometimes comes out. It comes out in this irritation and in this frustration and that rubs out on them and they don't seem to like it. I don't know why. But by the grace of God, when my wife applies the love of Christ back to me, it it disarms me. It it helps me walk through those difficult circumstances. It gives me perspective. It gives me that foundation in which I need to make decisions. And my frustration starts to dissipate. And I start to love them back in the way that Christ loves me. That's what, what Christ is calling us to do. He's saying, nothing will separate you from the love of Christ if you know Jesus as your personal Savior. It's that assurance that you can take with you no matter what the circumstances. Now just think about what, what's going on in our world right now. We all know that George Floyd was killed by a police officer. And that that incident sparked this major rage. It brought racism right to the platform. Well, how do we respond? I think Paul gives us the answer. That when we see these really difficult things like racism, brutality, instability, and injustice that we too need to apply the love of God. The Bible tells us as long as there's sin in the world, there's going to be racism. Why? Because it's a human heart problem. And sin is always going to be assaulting what is good because the enemy wants to cause confusion and chaos. Exactly what's going on in the world right now. And as a Christian, we need to apply this truth that nothing can separate us from the love of God to all these circumstances. Because deep down, we all want to be loved. It's through God's love that we can draw others from those painful circumstances to God himself. It's through God's love that we can bring reconciliation and togetherness. It's not by virtual signaling. It's not by a clever social media post. It's by showing God's direct love to all sinners in all circumstances. It's helping God's love through us enter into the brokenness so people can clearly see who God is and how much he loves him. This is what Paul is showing us. While Christ's love is certain, so are our troubles. And when we genuinely love Christ, no matter what circumstance, 
we can be assured that he loves us back. So as you can see, to find victory today, we need to apply Christ's love to our outer struggles. Secondly, to find victory today, we need to apply Christ's love to our inner struggle. To what's going on inside of our own heart and life. So look with me at verse 36. This is what it says. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Okay, that's a bit of an odd verse. and It seems to kind of come out of nowhere. But Paul is actually quoting Psalm 44, 22. He's talking about that we were all like sheep and that we're all going to face difficulty and eventually death. And it's a sober-minded, morbid reflection, actually. But the truth of the matter is, if you are God's people, you are going to face difficulty. You are not exempt. It's not this, you pray this prayer and your life gets perfect type of walk. That throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, all Christians are facing difficulty. But let's keep reading. In verse 37, he says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And this is what I want to focus on. The words, more than conquerors. And so he's talking about these sheep. We are Christians like sheep. And then he says we are more than conquerors. Now think about that truth for a moment. A sheep that is a conqueror? You know, the, the image in my mind is, you know, a lion or a bear, a more powerful animal. But here's the truth. That through Christ... We are these weak little sheep that can conquer because of what he did for us. Because of his love. But the most interesting part of this verse is the word more than conquerors. That, that these, these, we are more, in the Greek it means above conquering. That, 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 that we are elevated above just being victorious. That we are actually super conquerors is what he's saying. He's saying we are not just victors, but super victors. For example, think of the brand Nike. And the word Nike, it, it means exactly that. It's this personified victory. That it, it's a victory that is above just a regular victory. In the Greek mythology, Nike was a goddess who, again, personified victory. And the company Nike sponsored Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan started wearing these shoes that we now know as the Air Jordans. And when he put those on and he played basketball... He became the symbol of Nike. He was a symbol of being more than victorious. He was elevated above all the other basketball players. 
He wasn't just a good basketball player, but he was more than a conqueror. And that's what Paul is saying, is that when we have Christ playing on our team, when we recognize his love for us, and we put on our Nike shoes, we are more than victorious. That through Christ, we are the symbol of his love at play. So when we are going through inner struggles that cause us to doubt that make us think that we are unlovable. We need to, again, to reach for God's love and apply that to our heart. This is the tool that we need to pry away the doubt and the disbelief that we are not love. Paul is saying that we need to access Christ's love, his inseparable love, and live that out. J.K. Chesterton once said, the great lesson of the story, Beauty and the Beast, is that a person must be loved before they are lovable. Some of the most unlovely people that I've known got that way because they thought nobody loved them. And the fact of the matter is that until we feel loved, we cannot love others well. This is a truth from a theological standpoint. And a psychological standpoint. Just like an abused child grow up to continue to abuse, a loved child grows up and continues to love. Because deep down they know that they are accepted. Loved persons are able to love. This is the truth that Paul is talking about. When we deeply know the love of Christ, deep down in our own heart, in our inner struggle, we can turn that around and love others. But many people feel that God does not love them. They think that they could not love them. They feel unworthy of his love, for they feel like they fall short. They're, they've been disobedient. They constantly fail. You know, fathers... We all feel like that at times, where we come home and there's expectations and we don't meet them once again. You know, the truth is, we're all guilty. There's, all, there's always going to be times in which we feel a sense of unworthiness. There's going to be self-condemnation discouragement. There's going to be a lack of confidence, a lack of really knowing who we are in Christ and we become defeated. That's what happens when we focus on our sin rather than the love of God. It becomes foggy. It becomes low. This is where we need to go back to the toolbox and pull out this wonderful text that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. No matter what you do, if you fail as a father, nothing can separate you from the love of God. 
And every time we struggle with our doubt and our depression and our despair, we can apply this truth to our inner struggle. And we need to remember that Jesus made this right. That he went to hell and back for us. That he demonstrated this on the cross by dying because he loved us. And when you start to live out this assurance, it changes you. It's learning to continually apply that to our own hearts so that we can find victory in our failure. In those moments which we feel unloved. When we really understand this truth and we let it sink in. We are more than conquerors. This is why we need to apply Christ's inseparable love to our own situation. And it draws us away from those inner struggles to Christ himself. So lastly, tool number three. I'm calling it, we need to turn up the volume of Christ's love. We need to turn up the volume of Christ's love. I want want you to see that Paul himself is really dialing it up. That if you, you, you play your favorite instrument, he's turning it up. He's cranking it. He's giving it all out. And he's turning up this amazing music. He's letting it all out of this great instrument. And he's playing in fortissimo. And he's saying, in verse 38, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. What a powerful truth. And so he's saying, Not even death or life can separate us. And yes, death is that great separator. It separates us from our loved ones, our friends, our family members. Death ends everything as we know it. But death does not end the love of God. It may stop our careers, our hobbies, our home life, our friendships. It may pull the e-brake on our life. But he's saying, no, turn up the volume. Not even death can stop the love of God. Then he talks about life. And there's many things in life that create separation. You know, fighting creates separation in families. Poverty separates whole classes of people. Sickness separates us from the loved ones of our life. Age, geography, politics, and even our own stupid sin causes separation. But not even life itself all those ups and downs can separate us from the love of Christ. Then he talks about angels and demons. 
And actually, this is kind of ironic. Why would he bring up angels? Can angels separate us from the love of God? Well, honestly, angels wouldn't separate us from the love of God. It's an hyperbole. He's exaggerating. But the point is, not even angels can separate us from God's love. But what about demons? Well, demons are a different matter. Their purpose is to cause destruction and harassment. They are malicious beings. They prey on human weakness, tempting us to sin. Let us be clear, demons do have a great power. They do want to cause chaos and separation. That is their main ploy. They do that by attacking us and provoking us, oppressing us in every way possible. But can demons separate us? Absolutely not. Lastly, he moves to can present things or future things separate us? He's talking about anything in the realm of time, events, anything in history. Well, of course not. But what about anything currently or in the future? Maybe perhaps there's something happening right now in your life that you think could sever your relationship with God. And God is saying, no, Jesus is greater than our present circumstances. His love is not bound by time. And maybe you believe that there's something looming beyond the horizon, some kind of horrible event that could separate you from the love of God. Some kind of unforeseen emergency, maybe that earthquake, maybe COVID, maybe racism, maybe whatever it is that comes to mind. Can any of these future or present things separate us from the love of God? The answer is absolutely not. If you know Christ, none of these circumstances can separate you from the love of God. Divorce, no separation. Racism, no separation. Addictions, no separation. Failures, no separation. He's turning up the volume. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. In many ways, this end of the text calls for more reflection than interpretation. I almost want to just stand in awe and in silence. In other ways, we should be loud and celebrating with everything that we have. Why? Because the Apostle Paul is shouting with confidence that there is nothing that could separate us from the love of Christ. He's turning up the volume of a winning anthem. The crowd is cheering. He is delivering the final punch. The gauntlet has been thrown down. It is the climax in your favorite movie that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Do you hear it? Do you know that truth? In the movie, The Bear, 
We see a story that traces a bear club, club, cub, who lost its mum and cared for by a male bear. Sorry, I have to gather myself. If the cub gets lost and a mountain lion starts to prey on the cub. The cub starts to get away and it falls in the river and eventually climbs onto a large rock. And as the mountain lion is about to pounce and take out the cub, the cub stands up on the rock And you hear this loud roar. And as the camera pans, you see that the loud roar came from the male bear. And when the cub noticed that, he realizes that he needs to run to his protector for assurance and comfort. We need to run to Christ for these assurances, no matter what we're going through. We need to turn up the volume of God's life, God's love in our life. So consider how practical Paul is being. He's saying, friend, have you been called? Friend, have you understood the gospel? Have you asked God to transform you with his love? The purpose is we need, we need to turn up the volume so that we can hear God himself and tell others of this good news. We need to turn up the volume so we can wake up from our own disbelief. We need to turn up the volume so we can really deeply understand his grace and what he's done. Paul is saying, use the tools that God has given you. Are you afraid? Apply his love to your life. Are you worried? Let this love work deep down in your heart. Are you feeling guilty? Be confident in his love. These truths aren't dry. These doctrines are important and they are our lifeline. And if you're not living with an overwhelming assurance and power, you haven't really fully understood what Paul is saying. The remedy is to read and reread and deeply ponder and learn to live out these truths verse by verse. And as we close this series in Romans 8, Paul is giving us many assurances that we can put in our toolbox. This is how we can combat all the questions in life. This is how we can combat the outer circumstances that seem to come down and weigh us. This is how we combat the inner struggles. Here are the assurances that Paul gives us in Romans 8. That God works things out for those who love him. God has determined to fulfill his purpose for the believer. God has set the glorification of the believer once for all. 
God has acted for the believer, not against him. Christ does not condemn the believer. And Christ delivers the believer from the severest circumstances because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Friends, look at what God has done. Look at what the Messiah has done for you and I. The end of Romans 8 deserves to be written in fire on our hearts because it's that love that keeps coming back to us again and again. It's that love that helps us find victory today. It gives you the affirmation you need. It gives you the assurance. And you find this by running to Christ. So have you found victory today? Are you using the right tool? In a moment, we're going to pray and take communion together. And so just take a moment to get everything you need for the cup and the bread so that we can participate and remember what Christ did for us. And then we're going to sing and take communion. So let's pray. God, thank you for all these assurances. Assurances that we can keep in our pocket and in our hearts so that we can pull them out as we're battling in life. That as we struggle with so many different things, God, we need to remember that we are loved And we need to remember that you loved us deeply and that you demonstrated that over and over again. So help us to reach for those truths and apply them to all the circumstances, God, that you've allowed us to encounter. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's sing that song, The Love of God.